This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. My favorite murder mini so That's Georgia Hardstart. That's Karen Kilgara. Yeah, we haven't done that we in a don't while. Ever do we stopped doing it. <laughs> Why did we not do that? Because we've only had a couple of shows since vacation came back. So we're super rusty. We forget how to be professionals. It's, I mean, you have no idea who's talking. <laughs> it's like, and we don't help you. No. It's just like uh, you're on your own with yeah. our voices. One's in your right ear, one's in your left ear. Is that how it works? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> and you're roller skating the whole time. <laughs> So there's a great chance you'll fall over. Um, this is where we read you your stories. Your hometowns. Whatever they may be. Yeah. Whatever you lie about. Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, listen, creepy pasta deliverers. We're on to you. Yeah, kind of. Um, but this one's very real. Okay. Oh, can I go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This just, the subject line of this is an OG hometown. <clears throat> Hi, MFM crew and assorted adorable pets. My name is Lauren and I hail from Erie, Pennsylvania. And believe me, the pizza bomber isn't the only reason this place is fucked. <laughs> Those are Lauren's words, everybody. It's a, it's a good one, though. <laughs> okay. So, on June 11th, 2017, at about 1.30 p.m., Christopher LeClaire, 49, put out a distress call to the U.S. Coast Guard claiming that his wife, Karen LeClaire, 51, had fallen overboard. Uh-oh. He told investigators that he and his wife had gone out uh, on Lake Erie on their commercial fishing boat, the Doris M., mm-hmm. and that Karen had been sitting on a bucket near the side of the boat oh. because she was experiencing motion sickness. Okay. When he looked back to check on her, she had disappeared. And when he realized she wasn't on the boat, the first thing he did was call the Coast Guard. They did a massive search, but the Coast Guard was not able to find Karen. But here's the thing. The surveillance video from the lake showed Christopher and Karen boarding their boat together and going out on the lake on June 10th, (gasps) the day before he reported her overboard. Oh, shit. The boat returned about three hours later, but docked in a different location away from the Doris M's assigned slip. A single person got off the boat and drove away in the vehicle that the Leclerc's had arrived in earlier that day. The next day, June 11th, 2017, the vehicle returned and a single person boarded the boat and went out on the lake again around noon. It was an hour and a half later that LeClaire called the Coast Guard. Fuck, dude. So, that is basically when everybody figured out that Christopher LeClaire sits on the throne of lies and they charged him with her murder on June 13th, 2017. As it turns out, he was leading a double life, been having an affair, and had a girlfriend on the side. They think... A gr- an affair and a girlfriend? The fr- The sentence goes, had been having an affair 
and had a girlfriend on the side. This so guy two. is busy <laughs> and a fucking asshole. He's great at organizing his time, though. <laughs> they think he had been preparing to do something like this for a while and had even been telling friends that Karen had terminal cancer and did not have much time to live. Psychopath. Three weeks later, a boater found Karen's body about six miles off the coast of Dunkirk, New York, on July 4th, 2017. She was tied to an anchor. (gasps) Police searched the Doris M on July 5th and found ropes, which had been cut, that matched those found on the body. An autopsy was done in Erie County, New York, on July 5th and determined that Karen LeClaire had died of a gunshot wound to the head and her death was ruled a homicide. LeClaire then claimed that his wife knew he was having an affair and had asked him to stop talking to his girlfriend three weeks before her death. He says that Karen committed suicide on the boat the day that day because she was still upset about the affair. His lawyer argued that Christopher LeClaire was overwhelmed by what had occurred and he did not know what to do and just reacted and did not want people to know that Karen had taken her life. <sighs> and that's why he tied her up and threw her overboard. Cool story, Christopher. Oh, my God. In October of 2018, he was convicted of all charges. And then in December, he was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Yay. At least there's some justice for Karen and this monster is behind bars forever. So, yes, the pizza bomber case was crazy <laughs> and made national headlines. But don't you worry. We still have plenty of fucked up shit going on around here (laughs) um i'd stay saved and do god's missions but that's not really my jam so i'll go with the classic stay sexy and don't get murdered lauren wow those pesky security cameras i mean that is such a classic og hometown i can't believe it yeah that's a good one what a monster like he just what a cocky oh there he is (gasps) truly Disgusting. Not cool looking. No, scary. He He looks like the cowardly lion. What had a boat? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, boat lion. Boat lion. Cowardly boat lion. Totally. All right, that was fucked up. Yeah. Okay, here's one. This one's called triple homicide in Blanchardville, Wisconsin, and I. I'm taking out the last names that she put in here just because I don't want to get good idea in trouble. Okay. He Justin. Okay. So. I just was turned on to your podcast and I wanted to share my hometown's triple homicide story. Mm. That's a great, that's a great thought. I remember the story when it happened. I grew up in Blanchardville, Wisconsin, but at this point I had moved to Madison. I heard about this through my mother that there was a triple homicide that took place in the county. Blanchardville has a population of under 800, according to the sign entering the town, which has never changed since I was a child. (laughs) So it's always been 800. Most of the story unfolded from articles I read, rumors I heard, and from someone who knew one of the investigators who was there that night. It started with a plan formed by four to five people. The people that are definitely involved are Jason, Eddie, and Aaron, and Aaron's a female, all in their 20s. Very early on, there was a rumor that at least one other person was involved, someone I knew from high school, but it was always a rumor. The group came up with this plan. In the country, between Blanchardville and Argyle, lived Bradley and his wife. I'm not saying her name either. Bradley was known to these kids as a local drug dealer, and they saw an opportunity to rob him and the potential to either make money selling the drugs or taking the drugs themselves. Bad plan. Always a bad idea. The group would pretend to be DEA agents, and they would raid the house and rob Bradley. So they're on drugs themselves. Uh, seems like bad drugs. Yeah, yeah, hallucinogenic. Not the fun kind of let's hold hands and do a drum circle. No, no. When the night came to pull the plan off, one or two additional people were a no-show. For whatever reason, the trio decided to continue on with the plan anyways. They brought two vehicles. One was left over a mile away as a backup, and the other was driven to the home. 
uh, Bradley's home was previously a cheese factory converted into a residence. That Wisconsin. Okay. <laughs> Can I just say there's a cheese factory on the oh out like in the countryside of Petaluma yeah. that we'd always take people to. You have a nice picnic by a lake with geese oh, and stuff like that. Love it. The inside of the cheese factory was the smelliest place <laughs> I've ever been in my I can life. Imagine it, the idea that you would live inside. W- imagine it. It's like all cement. Is it? Yeah. I've never been dealing in a cheese with factory. dairy. Yeah. Things like there can't be a ton of. Moisture. <laughs> it's so gross. Okay, it's disgusting. So picture the smell. <sighs> You're there. Feet. Feet smell. Um, so previously a cheese factory converted into a residence, and Bradley was n- also not only a drug dealer, but a gun collector. So and we're going to go rob a drug dealing... A cheese connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's the worst person anyone could rob. You should not rob this person as a rule in your life. You should know that in your 20s. This is going to be a bad experience, whether it be all factory experience or just getting <laughs> shot in the gut. Well, it gets bad. Okay. It is unknown if the trio knew this detail about the guns. Um, it is also unclear if they knew that Bradley had an extensive security system around his home, which alerted him of their arrival. I which mean, is like he's a drug dealer he's a of course drug dealer. he does so what went down exactly is unclear spoiler as accounts were limited to the survivors oh, shit. but the trio ran into the house and caught Brad Brad's dog was barking at the commotion which woke Jenna up who came to see what was going on and was then taken hostage herself Brad at one point got away and got a weapon from his bedroom. Brad then came back and shot Eddie three times. Jason and Aaron ran with Jason getting shot in the head as he attempted to escape. Aaron, the female, would make it back to the car and escape successfully. Oh, my God. Aaron drove back to one of the nearby towns and struggled to make a decision on what to do. I had heard she contacted someone, told them what happened, and then they were like, you should call the fucking police. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the crime scene, Jenna called the local authorities to report a home intrusion. This is speculated that had Aaron not escaped, Brad and Jenna wouldn't have involved the police and instead handled the cleanup themselves. But with a witness out there, they wanted to get ahead of the story. Yeah. But having the police at the house where Bradley dealt drugs from made him trip up his story. He surrendered the gun he had used to kill the two kids to the police on arrival. When asked, what did you think? What do you think the motive for robbing you was? He shared that he had a gun collection. While showing his guns, the police saw his pill stash. So an officer was stationed with the drugs and guns, which Bradley may have seen that things were going to get only more complicated from there. Now, keep in mind, Bradley was initially being treated as a victim of home invasion. With these new items in development, the police asked if he had any additional weapons on him and then began to pat him down. The following detail he heard from another person who knew the officer that performed the pat down. Starting at Brad's ankles, there came a boom, and what the officer said felt like rain, which made him think to himself in the moment, why is it raining inside the house? Uh-oh. Brad had a gun in his waistband, and figuring the situation was only going to get worse oh. from here on out, drew the gun and shot himself in the chin. Oh, my God. Because now the local authorities were now witnesses to a new crime, state authorities had to take over the case. This brought the death toll to three with two surviving witnesses, Jenna and Aaron. Now, the police had only the pills as drugs. And for quite a while, that was the only angle they worked with. A few days later, a relative of Jenna and Brad recalled them recalled while helping them move into the house, a room in the basement and tipped the police to its existence. Oh, this led the police to a hidden room where they had a marijuana growing room. Oh, yeah. Which isn't that big of a fucking. It's not. I know. Big deal. 
That's as much of the story as I've known for years. Reading the article reminded me of some details and clarified others. For years, when I would tell people I was from Blanchardville, people usually didn't know where that was. So I would say it's a small town known for a triple homicide, a bank scandal, and our high school girls basketball team making it to state three years in a row. (laughs) Way to go, Blanchard Wolverine. Anyway, I hope this sounded interesting. Let me know if you have any questions. So many questions or need anything clarified. I need I need life clarified. (laughs) This need. Yeah. Justin S. Justin, I don't know whose side to be on. I don't know who's in the wrong. There's it's all victims in this one. Yeah. There's no. Yes. Or it's all bad guys in this one. I can't figure it out. Yeah. But I I feel like if the if the him being a drug dealer, quote unquote, was because he was growing a bunch of pot. Yeah. As I drive down the street in Los Angeles and every other storefront is a weed store. Yeah. Uh, it's tragic that anybody had to be killed yeah. or kill them or feel like they had to kill themselves. No, it's it's a fucking hometown right there. Yeah. Great job. Even though it's a bummer, it's a hometown. Um that's all we require. You're going to like this one, I think. Okay, good. Well, qualified. Okay. The subject line is an Epstein connection that goes all the way to the top. <laughs> yes, an Epstein connection. I fucking love it. Let's do this. <laughs> and could have put my dad in jail. <gasps> Send us your Epstein connections. You can, we'll do it anonymous. <laughs> we won't tell any, like, we won't say your name. Make up any story you want Anything. about. <laughs> okay, ready? Yeah. Hello, hello, friends, both with and without fur. <laughs> mm. ain't, a, ain't none of us here. Yeah, really. Uh, it says mustaches included okay. at the end of that, but I'm a massive fan of the show. I have a ton of creepy hometown stories because I spent most of my life in a pretty crime-ridden city state. Mm. I just, what, Florida? Baltimore. I also just recently got my master's in forensic psychology in Edinburgh, Scotland. Mm. So crime is kind of my thing <laughs> to study, not to do. For the first time, I have direct connection to a current criminal case, and it goes all the way to the top. Yeah. All caps, exclamation point. It's a little long, but I promise it's worth it. Okay. My hometown of Albuquerque, New Mexico, has recently come into the media thanks to a literal piece of flaming garbage, Jeffrey Epstein. May he rot in hell if it exists. This is all on the page. <laughs> His massive ranch in the desert had has been revealed as a place where he wanted to, quote, seed the human race by impregnating a bunch of women and doing fuck knows what. Uh, the other people you need to know about are the... For those who don't know, the family are one of the wealthiest in America and their patriarch grew his money in the... A lot of the family is estranged, but one of them was named in the court documents released about Epstein. Okay, so back in 2001, my dad, who works at, in the spa and hotel industry, was asked to do a, quote, special favor for a personal friend of the family. He was asked to design a, quote, private spa with multiple, quote, treatment rooms and amenities at the New Mexico ranch. Holy shit. He was told to work directly with, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Gisling. Maxwell, oh. and then parentheses, Epstein's nightmarish partner in crime and ex-girlfriend, uh, to create a space where, quote, special friends could receive massages. Mm-hmm. There's, there's so many quoted uh, yeah. phrases in this email. He was also asked to recommend female massage therapists to, quote, work special events at oh, the ranch. pass. Hard pass. Yeah. Thankfully, after a lot of back and forth questioning, the project fizzled out. He then found out, I think, believe her dad, found out that the therapists that initially he had initially recommended were rejected because they were, quote, not the type of therapist they were looking for. And, quote, Miss Maxwell wanted younger and more attractive. Mm. 
women. The whole project never sat easy with my dad, but he had little to go off of other than a gut feeling until a few years later when he found out what Epstein had really been up to. Uh Yes, all this information has been available for over a decade and nothing has been done about it until now. My dad said he's so thankful he never contributed anything meaningful to the project or completed any work, but of course he felt sick to have associated with these trash cans in any way. Had he not listened to his gut and asked questions, he potentially could have been witness to something horrific and I'm sure our lives would be very different. Stay sexy and don't build a spa for the leader of a pedophile ring, Jay. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. 
I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code SPACE80. Goodbye. This is called Murdered by Snail. All right. And this one's from Pittsburgh. That's a slow murder. Well, wait till you hear this. Okay. This one's from, from Pittsburgh. And you can tell because it says, first, Georgia, Karen, Stephen, feline cookie monster. That's all this. Uh, Yin's guys are so awesome. Uh-huh. So Yin's a murderino. That's up, Pittsburgh. Um, Ian's guys are so awesome and I was truly questioning my own mental state being morbid and fucked up until I started listening to your podcast. So so thanks for making me feel a bit more normal and a bit extra morbid. So here's my story. I grew up on military bases as my dad was a U.S. Marine. I spent five years of my childhood on Kadena Air Force Base in Okinawa, Japan, loving life on the tropical island. I was there from 1996 to 2001, putting me from six years old to 11. Spending a large chunk of my childhood there was super cool, but also terrifying as islands such as this are home to some of the most fucked up bugs ever. When it would rain there, there would literally be hundreds of thousands of these fat worms that would appear all over the streets and sidewalks, and the smell of them being crushed under the tires of cars still haunts me today. No. Mm-hmm. Driving down the streets, you could look up and see monster spider webs and trees accompanied by banana spiders, which are nightmarish and huge and bite. What, Stephen? Stephen, photo. Please. One, one time when we were on our way to a water park, a banana spider fell onto our car, <laughs> no. crawled into our sunroof, and down my mother's hair. This is this better be a creepy pasta because I'm it's getting not. very upset. I don't get creepy pasta from this. That's right, her fucking hair. Anyway, to the point. In 2000, these these massive snails appeared on the island, giant African snails to be exact. And let me tell you, these things were everywhere, from trees to cars to houses. If it was a surface, there was a big snail on it. Now, when I say giant, it's no exaggeration. These things were about three inches tall and eight inches or more long. Just sick, nasty, fucked up snails that have no business existing. A snail that's almost a foot long. Yeah. Being that I was a badass 10-year-old, I didn't know this girl, but a 7-year-old from my school was walking home with a group of her classmates and neighbors when they began teasing her and dared her to pick up and hold one of these disgusting African snails for several minutes. This young girl did exactly what any of us badass broads would have. She furiously picked up that 8-inch snail and let it climb from her hand up her arm before releasing it. Bravo, young warrior. But this is where shit gets weird. Later that night, that cute little girl fell into a coma. No one knew what the cause was, but it lasted for several days, ultimately leading to the poor thing's death. (gasps) Turns out these snails were infected with a parasite, which was transmitted to the little girl taking her life. 
We were all then urged strongly not to touch the snails, which I think everyone was comfortable with. I just think it's so fucked up that this sweet little girl who was just proving her bravery to smelly boys had to go in such a sad and unusual fashion. Moral of the story is don't pick up bugs, especially on foreign tropical islands. Stay sexy and don't get murdered by a snail. P.S. That same year, a poisonous Japanese snake killed my cat, Arnold. So hold Elvis close tonight and keep him away from snakes, please. Maria B. of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Fuck, Maria. What a bummer hometown. (laughs) I'm so mad right now. But that's the creepiest thing I've ever heard. It's horrible. But also, I would just like to say this. If somebody dares you to do something... You absolutely have the right to pick up the snail and throw it at the person daring yeah. you. Like this idea that she had to prove is a, a fallacy. And look, they, we're talking about kids, whatever. But I'm just saying that to anybody listening. Don't always forget your option of fuck you. Yeah, it's there and it's important. Stephen, are you going to show us a banana spider? This is a good. This is I, the banana spider. Let me see. Ew, no! There's a, a hand so you can see oh, the size comparison. Oh, There's yellow on no, it, it's... and the legs are so long. Huge! <sighs> I was picturing one of those nasty, oh, like, fuck. crab spiders, but this is like a spider spider. Oh, the it, coconut crab? Coconut crab, but this is a fucking... Spider, spider spider. This spider is so big, it's as big as a grown man's hand, but its legs are like... It, it, this looks like something out of a horror movie. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. This so, is I mean, so mad. We're gonna need the fucking this podcast will kill you gals to cover this African slug. Okay. This is a short one. Okay. I won't say the subject line. People give it away. <laughs> Hello, Georgia Karen Steven and assorted fur babies. We just insist upon doing fur babies. <laughs> just I started listening. I just started listening about a month ago, and I love listening to the stories you share. I've been a murderino my entire life. I was an early reader, so in first grade, I began reading Nancy Drew, and my obsession with murder and mystery began. Yes. Loved Nancy mm, Drew. So good. Loved the, those um, book covers. Yeah. The best. I knew that I had to write in when a few days ago, my mom told me a new story about my uncle and his time spent in San Quentin. Oh, dear. That's where I'm from. San Quentin? Uh-huh. My uncle Don moved to California in the late 80s to become a, quote, big star. Oh, good. Apparently, a few months after he arrived, he got into a violent bar fight and <gasps> killed a man when he hit him with a bar stool. So Don was charged with manslaughter and sentenced to three to 10 years in San Quentin. I knew all of this, but evidently he was assigned to the same cell block as the one and only Charles Manson before Manson was transferred to Cochran. My uncle had a similar hairstyle as Manson and resembled him pretty closely in the face as well. Close enough that the men asked him if he and Manson were brothers. When asked, Don told my mom he would say, we might be related, but never claimed to be his brother outright due to fear that Manson might hear his claim, get angry, and have him shanked. Jesus. Essentially, he used Manson's prison cred to stay safe while in prison for the three years he served before being released for good behavior and overcrowding. It's crazy to me that someone from West Virginia would end up using Charles Manson's prison rep to stay safe in prison, stay sexy, and don't murder anyone. Jenny. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucked up. Bar fights, man. Yeah. Don't get anyone. So intense. You see, it's so, you always see in these like movies and bar fights, someone breaking a bottle or a chair over someone. And it's like, they don't get up and keep fighting after that. Don't do that. You watch Roadhouse and you think it's a documentary and it's not. (laughs) It's not. Quit kidding yourself. Okay. First responder hometown. 
It says, we're all busy, so let's get to it. Hey, yay. I'm a police officer in Canada, not going to say where, as we got to protect people's privacy. True. (laughs) I train a lot of rookies because I'm apparently, quote, calm to the point that I'm not sure she knows what's going on. (laughs) That's And then it says, written by my supervisor on my year-end evaluation. (laughs) Good for you, Kate. Calm to the point where I'm not sure she knows what's, what's going, going on. on. I think she meant you're high. You seem high. But it's, you that's can't an write invaluable that. ability. Absolutely. Unshakable. Yeah. Just that, peace. That thing of like, are they paying attention? Are they paying attention? And then they turn and they're like, here's all the attention I've been paying. Here's your Miranda rights. <laughs> Recited <laughs> correctly. Rem- I memorized them. <laughs> Uh, I had been with one of my rookies for about a month when we got a call that one of our local bad guys had just shot himself in the head in front of his girlfriend. We got to the house and found the guy face down with a gun next to him and blood on the floor. I told the rookie to go get the gun, and the second he went to go walk over, the body, it got up. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, it's a really hard way to write that sentence. But basically, because you're not going to say the body got up, because that sounds weird. I went to walk over the body. There should be a comma there. It, it got, got up. up. <laughs> oh, my God. Kate, I need you to pay more attention and put a comma there. The man yelled, my head hurts. The man oh, who shot himself. Shit. Yelled, my head hurts. And my rookie was now riding the guy's back as he tried to get up. Turns out the bullet ended up ricocheting off the guy's skull. We managed to get him into an ambulance, which my rookie then got to drive as the medics were both working on the guy and I was holding him down. Wow. My rookie was excited as he wasn't even allowed to drive the police car yet. <laughs> After we got to the hospital, I asked my rookie if he was doing okay. He responded, better now. When he got up, I thought the zombie apocalypse had started. (laughs) I reminded him that when dead people get up, they are not zombies and not to shoot them. Big thanks for the podcast and shining a light on the importance of therapy. Your podcast is greatly loved by all of us first responders. Much love, Katie B. Wow, Katie. Uh, That is a horrifying story. That guy's got an I survived. Yeah, he's an I survived and... I'm very interested because that's that does happen sometimes. Really? Like people, yeah, it Certain happens on, on I Survived. People get shot in the head <gasps> and live. So it happens a lot, like a lot more than I ever thought it right. would. But I wonder, I'm interested to see if that guy basically has a new lease on life. It's like, you're the luckiest human being there yes, is. Yes. What are you going to do now? Yeah. Now you have to become a first responder. Yeah. Get right? in that. At least drive the ambulance for this poor town. Yeah. They, they only have two people. <laughs> they don't let the rookie do anything. <laughs> oh, Twists and turns. Amazing. Ended with an I survived. Yeah. Um, send your stories of survival and crazy shit happening. And it doesn't have to be murder related or crime related. It could be grandparent related. We just like great anecdotes. Nice snap, yeah. snappy stories about your family, friends, whatnot. Like wow stories that you tell at parties. Yeah. That are not creepy pasta. <laughs> yeah, that's a real key ingredient. Key. The truth. We'll know. Please. Yeah. Uh stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, you want a cookie? <laughs>